in the house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complete uh, something that uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed throughout the course of the year, and that is um, going through the uh, devotional. And I, I just think it's so fitting because uh, the last, uh, last uh, few, few devotions are all about, um, are, are all about love. And, uh, you know, the Christmas story is all about love. Um, you know, our life depended upon, and Joseph, I'm going to ask you, uh, one final Sunday morning of this year. Um, I'll only call on you next year. That's, that's next year, you know. Um, oh, no, no, we've got a New Year's Eve service as well, so, so I don't know who's on, but uh, we've got New Year's Eve service next week. No, no, everyone say no Sunday morning service next week. Everyone say that. No Sunday service. No, no Okay, you got it. I'm just testing you. You got it, you know. See, I tell you and then you tell me. That's how it works, you know. So there is no morning service next week. But we have a, um, we have a service in the evening, New Year's Eve service. It's always like a very special time, amen. It's always a very special time. Well, uh, this morning I'm going to wrap up, you know, talking about love. And it's so fitting because the Christ- Christmas is all about love, how love came. You know, humanity's, um, humanity, what depended upon the survival of humanity's soul was love coming. Amen. And there is a scripture that's most outstanding, and, and you can read it in here. And, you know, just because 23 is over, how many know there's actually, last time I checked, there's 52 weeks in, in, in every year. Isn't that a revelation? <laughs> I'm like, wow. So, Jim, you could read this next year, too. Write it down. Don't forget it. So there's, there's 52 weeks. We're learning something in church this morning. Amen. So, but there is a scripture that I put in the devotion, and, um, and it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, from the message. After Paul got talking about love and everything else and, and the gifts of the Spirit that are dependent upon love, operating, he said, go, go after, you know, of course, I was 1 Corinthians 12, about the gifts and pursuing those things. Amen. But then operating love, that's key. And that's the centrality of our Christian walk and actions, right? Walking in love. Um, walk in those things that are eternal. You know, faith, hope, and love. Um, it can never be taken away. It's eternal things. You know, there's no waste to it. But um, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, from the message, he said, Go after a life of love as if your life depends upon it, because it does. Go after a life of loving people, loving your wife, Loving your husband like your marriage depends upon it because it does. Go after a life of loving as if your business, your career, your ministry, this nation depends upon it because it does. Because it does. Love is the most powerful force there is. and Love is so potent. It's so powerful it's in fact every spiritual force derives its action from love Bible says that faith works but it works because it operates through love Galatians 5 6 is everyone awake this morning amen are you grateful that your faith in God works everyone's looking for something that works just give me a computer that works a machine that works a you know microwave that works a, a husband that works you know just give me something that works um, and uh, but uh, we found what works faith in God it works faith in God always works but it works because it operates through 
through love. So, you know, every spiritual force derives its action from love. Faith is dependent upon love. Go after a, a life of love as if your faith depends upon it because it does. Uh, you know, answered prayer. Prayer is being answered. Who wants, you know, your prayers to be answered? I mean, you know, well, go after a life of love because um, the reason why prayers are answered is because um, you operate in love. In First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 from the NLT, it says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. That's a good word, eh? One amen, and there was my wife, you know, so she receives a lot of honor and wants more honor, you know. So be it, you know. Husbands must give, must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife. We can stop right there. Ladies, you are just so slow this morning. Treat your wife, and you, no, no one said nothing, you know. It's Christmas. Christmas is tomorrow. And you had an opportunity. Never mind. So treat your wife with understanding. Know, know your wife. You know, someone said to me, we were preaching at a conference, and uh, the preacher before I got up, so it was like multiple ministers, he, he said, you know, just quit the game of trying to understand no, no women. I, and I got up and said, no, 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 you need to know. You don't have to know women, but you've got to know the woman you have, you know. So live, in your, live with your wife with understanding. Understand, treat her with understanding as you live together she may be weaker than you are in some instances she you know your wife is stronger than you but i'm not gonna call you out but you understand what he's saying but she is your equal partner in god's gift of new life treat her as you should treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered and that good so see see faith is dependent upon your love walk Answer prayer is dependent upon your love walk. And the gifts of the Spirit operate in, operates because of love. First Corinthians 13, 2 from the NIV, it says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am I'm nothing. No, no one's impressed by your much tongue talking. What's the point of being able to speak in tongues if you're mean in English? You, you, know, you know what? No one's impressed. You are nothing. It's good seeing you. I was thinking about you yesterday. Genuinely. I was praying about you yesterday. Whew. Thank you, Father. He sees you. Whew. He sees you. Uh, literally, I was praying for you yesterday. Man, that's awesome. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God sees people. I'm telling you, it blesses me. I just I... thank you, Lord. Love sees. Mountains being moved out of your way is because you operate in love, forgiveness. Mark eleven twenty five says, you know, uh, well, you can put it on the screen. Mark eleven twenty five. You know, he just got done talking about you speaking to a mountain, being telling it to be removed, be cast into the sea. Don't die in your heart, but believe those things you say. You'll have what you say. Then he goes on talking about you, you and your desires. You take that desire to God in prayer, believing you receive it, and you shall have it. And, which connects this verse to the previous verse, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses so mountains being removed and be cast into the seas dependent upon your love see how how important love is 
Who wants you know, like an obstacle that's staring you in the face, that's in the way? Who wants that removing? Do you, it's dependent upon your love walk. What about answered prayers, husbands, wives? Come on, love walk. What about faith working? Love walk. Everything is dependent upon this. Go after it. Amen. Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, he says, Love bears all things at all times. Love bears. You know that word bear, bears is actually, when you look at it from the Greek, it actually is rendered, um, you know, root translated as a roof. Isn't that interesting? That, that um, lo- love bears or love acts like a roof that covers. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Um, and you have to be a coverer, not an exposer. Do you know what love does? It, it doesn't expose people's sins and uh, it covers some people, some people's roofs have skylights that are open. And um, they like to expose the people. But, but, but here Paul is saying, no, 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 you've, you've got to be a coverer because love covers a multitude of sins. Can I have a big amen, a better amen? Love covers. Don't be an exposer, be a cover. Cover people. Amen. Be a solid roof for somebody. You need people who are solid roofs in your life. And you need to be a solid roof. Not an exposer, but a, but a, but a cover. Paul, Paul said you, you've got you've to do that. He said at all times, bear, it bears all the, And you can't get irritated, you know. Um, you know, a quick story before I get into some other things. It's a true story about a preacher that you may or may not know this preacher. But he had a tight um, schedule and he was running around you know in his car driving places and then you know traffic is heavy every other driver on the roads that you know there's there's an edge on the on the drivers in the cars because everyone's trying to get places you know it's christmas and that kind of stuff so this is a story i heard about a preacher and then uh out of nowhere this teenager who was driving his fast little souped up whatever um cuts and turns does a, a real rude maneuver right in front of the preacher and comes within a, well, a fraction of an inch from exchanging paint between the cars, you know. And uh, then the preacher gets upset. Something comes all over this pastor. And then, he, then the red light, you know, is just ahead. So the teenage driver, he has to stop. And then the preacher has an opportunity to, you know, drive right up beside this this teenage boy and puts down his window and so the guy also puts down his window and he said um, uh, you the preacher did the pastor to the young driver he said you better you better st- what what what's your behavior and and the guy said so, said make me you specky four eyes so I was wearing my, I mean, the, this preacher was wearing his glasses at the time. But something came all over this, this preacher. And, um, and I don't know what it was, but I, I got irritated after preach. Uh, I mean, this preacher. I feel a lot of judgment and condemnation right now. What's going on? We just talked about. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know this preacher. I mean, it's just a story I've heard. And so I heard about these pastors. Even pastors can, can fall in the pit of error, you know. And, uh, and this, this, this minister 
said, you know, after the young kid basically said, look, make me, you four-eyed, you know, whatever, uh, whatever he said. And then the preacher said, all right, turn into this car park right now. Let's have it out here. And so this minister started driving towards the car park. Uh, he turned right to go where he pointed. And then the, the, young, uh, the young, young driver turned, turned left when the minister turned, turned right. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't interviewed this pastor, you know, but, but I, I heard, I, it must have been because, you know, the young, young guy must have seen that he's, he, he was working out. You know, he must have, he was threatened by his, his stature. But how many know, like, the flesh is, is very real. Just, like, slap yourself. You know, this, this flesh can get irritated. But he said, at all times. At all times. Bear. Don't be irritated. But do you know, do you know, do you know what? When, you know, the, the, the story is that this, this person, this punk of an individual. Can I use that phrase? You know, um, you know activated the punk in this, this preacher's flesh. And you've got to watch that. The actions of others at all times. Love. Don't look at me so holy, you know. <laughs> We've all been there. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, he said, Love isn't rude. It, it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It keeps no record of being wronged quit being so emotional about what they did and what they said what they didn't do what they should have said Um, keep no record of wrong is this a good word for Christmas it's it's their wrong not yours don't keep a record of Paul the Apostle he said in 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 Ephesians chapter 4 22 he said throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life in other words die to the old self you know, once upon a time, you know, when, when Evie introduced uh, the elf on the shelf. Anyone know anything about the elf on the shelf? You know, when I was praying about this elf, uh, not praying for the elf. Come on, uh, elf. It's not a soul. I, I don't pray for elves. And they're not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not real, you know. So anyway, there's kids in the room looking at me. So it's okay. We don't teach this stuff. No, uh, that's right. Exactly. So anyway, I, I had a message that came out to my spirit. Um, Put the elf on the shelf. Put yourself on the shelf. Amen. And so this love message, you put yourself. Love is not self-seeking at all. And so whether they get you an ugly pair of socks and you bought them a drone for Christmas, unfair exchange. Just put yourself on the shelf and be very grateful for those, those socks that cost a fraction of the drone. <laughs> don't be self-seeking amen I feel the anointing when I'm preaching like this you know amen so die to self well, how, how do you know I have well when they throw dirt at you and when they cut right in front of you then you, you don't get irritable you don't get irritated but if it affects you then there is a part of you that hasn't died yet praise God we're all a work in pro- progress amen so Paul writes in to the to those in Corinth, First Corinthians thirteen, with an with an urgency, with an urgent manner. 
telling them that love isn't a feeling. Love isn't scented candles. Love is real. Love demonstrated himself. Love is not a thing. God doesn't have love. God is love. And, and Paul was saying, love is so real. It's, it's beyond this, this world. How, how God took the highest of the high, Jesus, his son, and brought him to the lowest of the low. And he came for me and he came for you. He would be despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. A child who became a man who died on a cross for you and for me. You know, I was preaching on heal, uh, uh, forgiveness a couple of weeks ago. and you know, An individual came up to me and said, Oh, Pastor Man, I love it when you, when you, when you teach on. And I love hearing about um, what love is. And, I, and, I, and, and it stuck with me. I thought, okay, no, that's great. You know, it's good to enjoy it, I guess. But, it, but more than just enjoying hearing about what love is, what about living it, walking it, speaking it, demonstrating it actively? Well, how do I demonstrate the love? How do I show the love? Be merciful. I'm going to read this, this verse to you, Micah. Chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. Has God showed us what is good? And what does the Lord require of you now? What does God require of you and me now? Three things. He said, do justly. Everyone say, do justly. Then he goes on to say, to love mercy. And to walk humbly before God. Notice that, the second one. Love mercy. Well, what is mercy? Mercy holds back what people deserve. He didn't just say, don't judge them. He didn't just say, hold back what they deserve. Which is a slap around the face. Oh, no, I didn't say that. You know, someone else was thinking that. Um, but, but, but not only hold back what they deserve, but love to hold back what they deserve like get a kick out like enjoy it not seeing them shamed punished let that become not something that's difficult but but you can learn to love it mercy is the part of love you can see he says show 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 mercy amen don't just, you know, because nowadays with our devices, we, it's so easy to just um, text people and express our, our love. Some are so lazy. I'm not picking on anyone because just don't. Self-reflect after the, uh, after the service, right? But some just love messages. And they've communicated their love to you by just loving a message. Not even saying, I love you. You look at me so blind. You know what a, a mess, uh, like a text is? Anyone know what a text is? Come on, there's youth in the room. Anyone know what a text machine is? Who knows what a text machine is? Do you know the very first, this is true, true a British um, you know, uh, engineer, and anyway, in 1992, 
a British guy. He, he was the first, first one to send a text to his boss to test it to his computer from, from the device they, they created. And um, the, the first text, it's 992. You can check, check, you know. You can fact check my message. Um, and, um, and it was Merry Christmas. Um, anyway, you know what a text, text is. You know, people, people, do, do you know what? Okay, for the youth in the, in the room. You, what does, because there's text lingo nowadays, right? So I don't know what THK means. So you can like, there's abbreviations that you can use when you text people. What, what does THK mean? Thanks. What, what, what does... What, what does LOL mean? That's a difficult one. Everyone say, laugh out loud. FYI, what does that mean? BTW. PTL. Praise the Lord. So very spiritual people in there. Anyone know what um, uh, IDK means? No, you do know. It means I, I don't know. Here's a new one. You probably haven't come across this one. I'm pulling out all, all the jokes. This is my last, last morning service, you know. Oh, you, you've probably heard of this one. J-I-A. Have you heard of that one? Joel is amazing. Oh, no, no, no. no sorry. G- Jesus is amazing. But... So, you know, text, but really that's not proper communication. Who would agree that text is not, you know, proper, proper communication? You know, there was a husband and wife and they were, she was going through a real rough patch, you know, and um, they had two, a true story, two, two young uh, children and the mother stayed at home, dad worked and she was a house mom and, but she just hit a wall and she went into a dark pit of depression and one morning she, she left, she left the house and, um, didn't say where she was going, but she took a few things, took a phone. And her husband was very grieved, as I'm sure you can all imagine, and, and uh, would text her and message her, and she would sometimes respond. Sometimes she wouldn't even, you know, read the message. He would call and leave messages after message, come home, I love you, we miss you, are you okay? Sometimes she would answer, and all he could hear is her sobbing and uh, sobbing and crying at the end of the phone. And uh, it was coming close to Christmas, and he thought, I've got to do something about this. This is, um, but I don't know where she is. She hasn't told anyone. And so he hired a private investigator who could locate where uh, she was texting from, you know, the location of her device and things. And so they found out where she was, and she was in this really rundown, rodent infested apartment. And, um, and they knock on the door, and, you know, she would sit in this this uh, old um, old place uh, like I say rodent infested dirt everywhere she would sit on this you know real un- really uncomfortable mattress and she would stare into a cigarette uh, burn in the carpet she was just in deep dark depression and so she she heard the knock on the door and the, the knock got louder because she didn't answer initially and and then she finally goes to the front window and, 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 and peeks through the curtain. And she sees it's her, her husband. It's her children. 
She opens as quick as she could the door. She embraces the kids. You know, no one has to say, please come home. She's like, immediately, she's with it. She's, she's, she's with the progress. She packs her bags. She comes. They have Christmas. They have a wonderful time. The husband's very gracious, doesn't say anything, doesn't bring it up. And then after, you know, the kids are, you know, presents and parties and New Year's. And then the kids are back at school. Christmas is back up in the, uh, the, the tree's back up in the attic. And, and then uh, the husband speaks to her and says, you know, I, I text you so many times. Why didn't you respond? I left message after message saying, we love you. Please come home. We're missing you. Well, why didn't you respond? And um, you only came home when we came to you. And she said, well, because um, they were just text messages. They were just words. But then you came. And that changed everything. Love is shown by action. You know, the Christmas story is this. God didn't send a text to you. He came to you. In the Old Testament, he sent messages via prophets. Messages through angels. But Jesus demonstrated his mercy for you and for me by coming to us. He came and knocked on our door when we were in that deep, dark place of depression. Are you grateful that he came? It says, I believe it's John 1, uh, 14. He says that, you know, um, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. Woo! The message is he came. And that makes all the difference. Are you grateful that he came? Love is demonstrated in many, many ways. John, the disciple in 1 John 3 verse 1 said, Behold, what manner of love is this that the Father has bestowed upon us? What kind of love is this? Well, I'll tell you, it's the God kind of love that never quits. I'm telling you, I don't know who you are. I don't know how far you've been. But it's a, it's a love that's different to uh, the love maybe you've experienced, the love that you may have experienced from a, from a past lover or a friend or a natural father. This is the God kind. What kind? What manner of love is this? It's the God kind. Paul prayed that those in Ephesus would, would know this love. He prayed in Ephesians three eighteen to, to 19. He said that we would all comprehend that everyone from the oldest, the youngest, all of us in between, all of us, all saints would understand the width, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ. And I talk about it in the, in the book. How wide is the love of God? It's so wide that you, you can go anywhere and is, you can go so far that his love will find you so far but his love is so wide that's how wide how, how long is his love I'll tell you how long it lasts forever it lasts forever Nat, natural love wears out it's called divorce busted families people leaving you rearranging on you but love God's love it lasts and it lasts and it lasts and it lasts his mercy endures forever that's how long his love is well, well how deep is his love so deep it goes wherever you are and wherever you've fallen no matter how deep of a pit of sin you've fallen into that's how deep his love finds you 
He comes to you. He doesn't just send, send you a, a love heart. He comes to you. How high? So high he overlooks your sin. He overlooks your poor choices. He overlooks your mistakes. He has a different perspective. It's called through the blood of Jesus. That's how. Whoa, who, who's in love with Jesus? Who's in love with him this morning? He sees you. He never gives up on you. So he never, ever gives up on you. I'm going to preach for a few more minutes. It's just gone 11. He never quits. And he does what he says, even if you don't do what you say. There was a preacher. I want you to listen to this story. There was a preacher. His name is, you, you know him well, uh, Robert, Pastor Robert Morris. A great Bible teacher. He leads a church called Gateway Church. He and his wife went to a restaurant, a buffet-style restaurant, as much as you can eat. And so they sat down, got their food, and it's like, serve yourself, you know. And um, I remember going with my, my dad to a, to a buffet meal, and this was in Italy. And we said, oh, so it's, it was a serve yourself. We said, oh, is it serve yourself? And they were like, no, 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 no. You serve yourself. I said, like, oh, that's what we said, you know. But we, we all know what we're talking about, serve yourself. You know, you go up and you get your food. So anyway, they got up. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at my really bad jokes. The good ones, the bad ones, not so good ones. <laughs> the really good ones. But anyway, they get the food. Pastor Robert and his wife sits down with their food. And then a really big guy walks in, really big guy, big muscles. You know, you can tell he's been, you know, he's like a bodybuilder. He's a big guy. He comes in with a lady. Uh, which was his wife, and uh, they serve themselves, and they get food. And, and the moment Pastor Robert sees this big guy, a word of knowledge comes to his heart about, about him. And he sees, he gets a window into a situation. He sees him sitting on his grandmother's lap when he was eight years old, crying and weeping. He hears his grandmother say this, if, if you give your life to the Lord and, and, and follow the call of God on your life, God will make you strong like Samson. God will make you strong like Samson. If you just give your life to the Lord and commit your heart to Him, God will make you strong. And he shares this to this big guy, you know. And he starts weeping. And his wife starts crying and said, Preacher, we don't know who you are. But on the way to this restaurant, my husband, because he was like in a flood of tears, my husband was talking about that very story. And it's been brought back up to his heart over that conversation that he had with his grandma. And the pastor said to him, he said, God wants you to know that he has fulfilled his side of the bargain. Because he said he would do what he said he would do. He's just waiting on you. He said, Pastor, preacher, I don't know who you are, but I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. And then right there, it's like they forgot about the buffet food and they just prayed, committed, rededicated. See, God, he, he, he is long-suffering. He waits for you. His love is long. Where has he been faithful and you haven't? This Christmas, let, let the main thing be the main thing, would you? 
another story there was a guy there was a guy he had a friend he was an alcoholic he would go to the bar every every night almost every night just get drunk he would drink hard 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 you know spirits vodka all kinds of stuff and his friend who loved him decided to go after him and reach him because love reaches out and so he he goes to the bar where he usually is sat and sits right next to him and his friend um asked the bartender he said can i have two 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 glasses one glass of water and one glass of vodka and puts it on the table in front of his alcoholic friend and then his friend he pulls out this box and pulls out two worms he puts one worm in the glass of water and another worm in the vodka and within no time the worm in the vodka dies and the the worm in the glass of water is alive and no issues and so he's he's telling him look you know you're killing yourself man you know and um this has got to change. You've, you've got to change. And, and so he, he says to his friend, do you see the point, to his alcoholic friend, do you see the point of what I'm trying to demonstrate to you? Do you see the point? And he says, yes, I see the point. I see the point. I see the point. I see the point. Well, well tell me, well, what point do you see? Well, I, I see that if you, and this is what his friend, alcoholic friend said. He said, if I drink enough vodka, I'll never have worms. So it'll just kill all the worms in my system. I'll, I'll never have worms. I'm doing my best to pull out all the jokes I know and all the stories that preach Jesus. He missed the very point. And I think with, you know, with the lights and the tree and the gifts, we see it. People see how them not loving other people is hurting them. They see it, but they, they, they just, they just keep on doing it. The lights ought to serve a reminder that Jesus came, came to to a very dark world for you and I. The tree, I believe, it's all about Jesus. Jesus came to die and hang on that tree for you and I. The gift, the greatest gift that anyone could receive God's son don't forget and miss the point of Christmas yes church hallelujah amen Jesus came born as, as a baby you know I was thinking um, the Doros visited Pastor you know, Bernard and Naomi went to um, Scott and Trelsey's house because they had their little baby um, yeah, yeah. Ooh, awesome, beautiful little baby. Baby boy was born. And I remember when I was traveling, I, I, I um, had some in- interactions with him. And I asked two things, you know, what's the name? You know, there's two things that are always asked when a baby's born. You know, what's, what's the name? You know, I want to know the name. You know, what's the name of this baby, you know? And, um, and, uh, and also, how, how big is the baby? Obviously, once you've determined the sex and all that stuff, you know, that, that's just a given. But then after that is, is two things, you know, the name and, um, and, and how big is the baby. You know, Evie is, is slight, but she had some big babies. You know, Gloriana, uh, Gloriana was um, nine pounds, 14. Eight, eight pounds, sorry, 14. <laughs> eight, yeah, that's a big baby. 
Um, and, uh, but, but the name, you know, everyone asks for the name. Well, in, in Matthew chapter 1, 21, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Amen. For he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. To save you and I from our mistakes, our sins. That's his name. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Can you imagine when Mary was, news got out that Mary had given birth and and, uh, in the community everyone was asking, what's the name? Jesus. The one who takes away sin. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. That's his name. All right. How big is he? You know, in the Guinness um, Book of Records, you know, World Records, uh, the, the tallest couple in the world, she was seven feet, uh, seven, seven, eleven. He was seven, nine, seven feet, nine inches. Isn't that crazy? And then they amazingly had a, a baby and the the baby was um, like, like 20, 22 inches or something. It's like crazy. No, two, no, two, two, two feet. Like, isn't that crazy? It's like, check, fact, check, check my messages. It's in the world, Guinness World Records. You know, mass, I reckon they probably put a tie around that baby's neck the next day and enrolled that baby to college the next, the next day. First Christmas, gave him a shaving kit, everything, you know. But just a huge baby, you know, massive baby, huge baby. Well, do you know Jesus was a lot bigger than that baby? He, he in size, maybe, maybe not. But you know, he was he was bigger than he was bigger than that 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 manger they put him in. He was bigger than that that little humble uh, <clears throat> stable. He was big. He was bigger than the Pharisees. Bigger, bigger than the religious community. Come on now, bigger than the high priest. I tell you, he was bigger than leprosy. That's how big he was. Why? Because he healed it. He was bigger than blindness, deafness. Because he healed it. Bigger than the the issues of blood, blood disease. Why? Because he healed the woman who had the issue of blood. He's bigger than the withered hand. Because he he healed that. Bigger than people demon possessed. Bigger than death because he raised the dead. That's how big he was. Whoa, come on. How big, how big of a boy was Jesus? How, what's his name? I want to know. And how big is it? Big. Bigger than cancer. Come on now. Bigger than your financial dilemma. Come on. Bigger than your past. Bigger than your sin. Bigger than your shame. Amen. Bigger than, than your failure. Bigger than your legal issue. Bigger than your financial issue. I'm telling you, he's big. Jesus, the, the great I am. Woo! Hallelujah. Bigger than divorce. Bigger than separation. He's way bigger than all of that. And his name is Jesus. There was a baby born. What's his name? What's his name? Jesus. How big is he? Woo! Way bigger than your problem. That's the message of Christmas. I said that's the message of Christmas. That is, that is him. The stuff that you may be drinking, that is killing you. Like bitterness, unforgiveness. We just concluded 
of 52. We've got one more week and I'll touch on that on New Year's Eve slightly. Just, but I've got to, I'm going to release the word for the year. But, but I'm ta- we've concluded this whole year. We're talking about love. Love people this Christmas. This is the b- biggest thing you can do. He fills all the gaps. People who, who were once around the table will not be around the table because they're in glory right now. They departed. And that hurts. But, but he fills every broken heart. He's, he's gracious. He sees when men don't understand. No one understands. You know, that may be true in school. Some people don't understand. That may be true. But, but, but he understands. And he came for you. How far have you gone? Not too far for him not to find you. How deep in sin have you got? Not too deep. His love is deeper. He'll find you and he'll pull you up and out. How big of a mess up have you made? His love oversees it. His love is high. And he's on you. He'll, he'll be on your case throughout the whole life. You can't escape from God. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent and he's here right now. Let's stand up on our feet. If you're here this morning and you, you're hearing, you're hearing this minister, you're hearing this good looking preacher. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. In all seriousness, just everyone, just look this way, kids as well, just look this way, we're about to close. But you're here and you're like, do you know what? I, I've gone astray, I've gone far. I, I've actually been really mean to people. And I've let people, other people's meanness really affect me. And it's like chewing me up. What my dad did. What those who were closest to me did. They pained me. You're here and you're wounded by life. Jesus came, not just this Christmas, he came for you. There's a reason you're here, sir. There's a reason why you're here. It's awesome. If you're here and you want to make this Christmas, don't delay your coming to him. Do not delay. That's the only thing that the enemy can do is is delay your coming to the Lord. Don't delay for a second. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to say, I want to make, I want to make him my Lord and my I want to receive Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. I want to give and surrender everything to him. If you have done that before, but you are at a place where you're saying, I, do you know what? I came. This is not a coincidence. I'm here for this time, this moment. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm rededicating my life. I'm committing. Do what that big guy did in that restaurant. I'm ready to commit my all to my faithful God. If you're here and you want to receive forgiveness that can only come from Jesus, if you want to receive him after the count of three, I'm going to ask, ask I'm going to count one, two, three. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand and, and, and we'll pray. All right? After three. One. Come on, if you want to receive him. Two, you want to receive forgiveness. Come on, you want to know that you know that you're saved. You're born again. Three, lift up your hand. You want to recommit your life to him. Just lift up your hand real high. I'll see it. 
I see those hands. I see that hand. I see this hand over here. Praise the Lord. I see these young hands over here. It's awesome. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The whole of heaven rejoices when people make a decision of quality. Yes, Lord. I'm telling you, it's good. You'll never be disappointed. He, he, he don't quit on us. He is faithful. He is faithful. He's faithful to you. Pray this from your heart. And say this. Say this out of your mouth. Father God, I love you. And I say thank you for sending your son Jesus for me. He died for me so that I may live eternally. I believe it. He is. Jesus is your son sent for me. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I believe it. And because I believe it, in my heart, I say with my mouth, Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my King. And I surrender all to you. I confess I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm washed. I'm born again. I'm new. And in my own way, I say thank you, Lord, for saving me, renewing me, strengthening me. Just thank Him. Woo! Come on. Thank Him. Woo! Come on, somebody. Thank 